to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. What is going on? I almost went into a full William Shatner there. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I am your host, Mike the Fantasy Hitman Wright. I am joined, as always, as always, joined by Ben Cummins. You can find Ben Cummins on the Twitter sphere at Ben Cummins FF. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing great, Hitman. At the time of this recording, it is one week until real football. And I got to tell you, it's so close I can taste it, and it tastes pretty good. <laughs> Describe the taste. Is this salty? Is this sweet? What's going on in your, uh, in your saliva glands? I liken it to pizza. That's where I'm going with okay. it. You know, pizza's pizza. It all tastes great. We are getting an actual real-life game coming this next Thursday, and it's just going to taste great. Don't even care who's playing, although Patriots and Chiefs will be pretty solid. That's pretty good. I mean, like Pizza, you know, bad pizza, it's, it's still pizza, right? That's so what I'm saying. When, yes, even and when the Patriots you're are that... the pepperonis that we throw on top of it, you know? <laughs> I like where you're going. Chris Meany is away on holiday. I believe he is at a, a buddy's wedding, so we wish him the best of luck. But we thought, hey, we're gonna we gotta push on. We gotta we gotta pipe out the uh, the podcast for the people because they want the fantasy for the footballers for the DFS podcast. So here's the official schedule, which is nice because uh, we are we are actually caught up. So when you are hearing this, that means we recorded it the day before. Whereas we've you know with all kinds of recording things for the preseason we've been releasing things a week after but now we, we are caught up so uh, the schedule is we're next week is when we are going to hit that week one slate we're going to get you ready to get your lineups in to get your your fan gpp picks we are going to get you your play draft picks all of that good stuff and of course you can jump over to the ultimate dfs pass that is at ultimatedfspass.com. That's where you can get all the premium content from Chris, from Ben, from Jake Seeley. This is this is the only place you need to go for your DFS advice at one low cost for the entire season. So please check that out. So just like I said, next week will be the slate. And this week I said, hey, Ben, let's. I want you to give these people – more education because we've we've been educating the people on on positions but i said ben i want to know in your years of experience playing dfs i want some really important things that you have learned along the way because the dfs road it's it's filled with mischief it's filled with killer plants some uh unruly animals i mean this is not a this is not a a paved road that you can just take a stroll down I mean, this is a we're still in the wilderness, and it's awesome to be able to learn from the experiences of someone like Ben, and so that's exactly what we are going to do today. Ben, are you prepared to give the people a machete and a weed whacker to defend themselves as they trot along the path of DFS? I can't wait, man. I think this might be my favorite episode that we do, 
because like you said, uh, you know, I've had to learn some of these uh, lessons the hard way. And so I'm trying to bring them to you guys so that you don't have to go through it the hard way and you can kind of take what I've learned and propel forward. Because like you said, it is a bumpy ride, man, but you just got to strap in and hold on tight because when that adrenaline gets going and you do hit the, you know, the best aspects of the ride, it is well worth it. Ben has already fought through the lightning sand and the rodents of extraordinary size. Uh, that's a, a Prince's Bride reference for those because I'm getting nothing from Brooks, my producer. He's giving me absolutely nothing for that incredible reference. But anyways, number <laughs> one on this list, Ben, you have, which is something we talk about over on the Fantasy Footballers, and it's not necessarily – it's it's a hard lesson. It's a lesson that sometimes you don't like to hear. But this is trust your process over the results. So go ahead and jump in on that, Ben. Yeah, man. And I think this is a lesson that can apply to life, too. So we can go ahead and make the second name of this podcast a DFS Psychology <laughs> Podcast. But sure. yeah, I mean, it applies to DFS, too. Just like you're talking about, it applies to redraft. It applies to everything. You're like, there are absolutely going to be weeks where we do everything right and we still don't have a good week. And that's where the bumpy road comes into play. Because as we've said on this podcast many times, the NFL inherently has a ton of year-to-year and week-to-week variants that makes it tough to predict what is going to happen. But if your DFA, DFS plays come about the right way, then you controlled what you could control, and now you're just at the mercy of that variance that we're talking about. This is why your DFS lineups are either solid or not the moment you lock them in. The determination should never be made after the games are played. Either your lineup made sense and gave you a chance to win money when you made it or it didn't. It's that simple. So our goal is always going to be having the correct process and putting ourselves in a position to have plenty of success. And here's how we do that. In general, staying away from the hot players and targeting the cold ones like we've talked about is the way to go in tournaments. And admittedly, it is not an easy thing to do. And this is one of those things that I've struggled with. But, well, okay, this is one of the things that I've struggled with, I should say, because, <laughs> the, nat because the natural tendency is obviously to roster those guys that have had that recent success. But again, we're mostly talking about tournaments here. It's very hard to get a significant edge over your competition predicting that on-field performance when we're talking about thousands of people trying to do the exact same thing that you're going against in a tournament. So instead, the better edge can be had in not giving into recency bias, actually playing cold players if it makes sense because they're still receiving opportunities and they just haven't turned it into a monster week recently and exploiting the inefficiencies in the market when it comes to that ownership percentage. Because that's how you set yourself up to take down a GPP. Now, it doesn't mean that you will. That's where the bumpy ride comes into play again. But it means you're giving yourself a chance and putting yourself in position. And that's how we always need to look at it. Here's the thing. In football, it is a, it, it is a play-by-play -play basis. It is 11 guys versus 11 guys. I mean, there is a full butterfly effect that can happen in football where you make you make a great pick. You've gone through all the stats. You go, this guy is set up to have an awesome week. And all of a sudden, on his on, on your wide receiver, his defense, they get a pick six. And this 
changes the entire outcome, the entire game flow, because now the, the now your offense doesn't have to be as aggressive. I mean, so one guy, it, it, the football is a weird shape to begin with. I mean, this is not just a round <laughs> ball that's going to do exactly what you think it's going to do there. So you have to you have to be confident and believe uh, and believe in your process. What what led you to down this road? And that doesn't mean you go you if if a week fails for you you look back and go ah no no need to evaluate the way I came about my decisions you know, no you go back you go back and you look at that process you figure out okay well, maybe I overestimated this maybe I undervalued this particular aspect of the game yeah that's exactly right man and the one that always drives me insane when it happens is if you have a guy that you know, is on the team that gets the opening kickoff and the returner on that team fumbles and loses the opening kickoff. Now, essentially, the guy that you played isn't starting with the football either in the first half or the second half. Right. And so that's another one of those variance things that can come into play and hurt your ability for the guy that you picked to blow up. But again, that's not something that we can predict, which is why it always comes back to even if something like that ends up ruining him as a play, you still want to go back and look at, okay, after the week, did I put myself in a position to win? And that should be a reason that says, yeah, my reasoning was solid. It was just some things that were out of my control that happened. But like you said, it can also work the opposite way where you can go back and say, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't have played this guy because he wasn't going to get as many opportunities as some other guys and I kind of just overlooked that to fit him in my lineup because of the salary cap, but maybe I should have rearranged to get some better plays at all positions in my lineup, things like that. Absolutely. So let's move on to another point that you have down here. And you're talking about, uh, which in DFS, right? We all, it, it really in fantasy football, there's the smartest person in the room mentality and, it, and we're all victim of it. Trust me. I am victim to this in my own drafts. Oh, yeah. Ben has been a victim of it, and that is, I'm gonna I'm gonna outsmart you. I'm gonna grab this third string player because he's gonna turn out to be sensational. Meanwhile, the guys that are known commodities, these studs, they keep on studding, right? That's what they stud on everyone. They stud <laughs> on everyone, I, man. I just I just uh, coined a new verb. You are you're welcome, America. <laughs> So they they do their studly things, and so you have a a reminder down here to make sure you you get some lineups in there that have actual stud players in there. Yeah, that's how we say stunting in the DFS universe now. <laughs> Studding though, uh, that's yeah, not I where mean, you're look, trying to find a find the the thing in your wall so you can hang a picture frame. <laughs> a couple different meanings. Gotta love the English <laughs> language. Uh, no, I mean, look, if you're only making one, two or three teams, you're just, you know, going to try to, you know, make a couple DFS teams to try to make your week a little bit more exciting Then this isn't necessarily a huge deal because just play the guys that you really feel good about. Play a couple of those contrarian low owned guys that you just have a hunch on differential differentiate your lineups a little bit and then just go from there. But if you're going to be making 5, 10, 15, 20 lineups, then this is something that you want to pay attention to because if you're looking at Odell Beckham and he's at home and you know, regardless of the type of matchup that he has, we know that whatever the stud is, AB, Odell Beckham, DJ, whatever the position is, they're always going to have that high range of outcomes 
within their range. And so if you're going to be making multiple, multiple teams, like you said, don't get overly confident and say, oh, well, you know, he costs too much, whether it's a good matchup or a bad matchup. I think he costs too much. Or even I think this is a bad matchup, so I'm just not going to play him at all because if he, you know, if Odell Beckham does have that six for 180 and two touchdown game and you decide to make $23 lineups this week and you you get overly confident and don't put him in any lineups, especially again, the studs are generally going to be a little bit more consistent at home. That's probably not a winning strategy. And even if it is a bad matchup, because again, we talked about how, you know, wide receiver cornerback matchups are absolutely a piece to the puzzle, but we know it's not an end-all be-all, right? And so we're going to talk about which corners are actually going to shadow a guy. But if Odell Beckham's playing Richard Sherman, who doesn't shadow historically, then if he's running 40 to 50% of his routes against Sherman, that's not great. And he might even end up with zero catches for zero yards going against Sherman. But when the team schemes Beckham into the slot and puts him on the other side of the field, we know that a stud like that has the potential to go for that 6-180 and 2 on those 60 to 50% of the plays where he's not being guarded by somebody like that. And we also know that Odell Beckham can torch the Josh Normans and Richard Shermans of the world. He's that good. So when we talk so that, about matchup yep. proof, I don't think that just has to be a redraft saying. It can also be a DFS saying, especially when you're making a lot of lineups. Make sure you at least get a little exposure, especially when those guys are at home. That reminds me of uh, a couple years ago now, and Julio Jones had this legendary playoff schedule where he was going to have to yep. take on Josh Norman, yep. who at that time was pretty much the best cornerback in football, and everyone was freaking out. People are trading Julio Jones midseason to prepare for their <laughs> playoff run because they go, holy crap, this one game yeah. uh, is, is a problem for Julio Jones. And guess what? Josh Norman played extremely well on Julio Jones, but there's a there's a couple plays where Julio Jones did not have to play against Josh Norman. Exactly, and he and, and he ends up making a great day out of it because they are studs. They are they are considered studs for a reason because it just takes one play for them to give you an entire week's worth of fantasy value. Yeah, man. And Julio in that in that game, I remember, ends up making one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Just straight moss as a dude and goes to the end zone. And that's what we're talking about. Like that exactly like you said, studs have the ability no matter what to go off. Keep them in consideration at all times. Now, speaking of, of studs, you have here another lesson that you have learned is to not uh, to not ignore these players who they're players on good teams. They're in a good spot, but they're on the road. And we've we've already talked about on this show. You do want it's an easy target for you to find. You look towards Vegas. You say who is favored, and who is a home favorite and has a good over under. There's a lot of points going to be scored in this game. They're at home. Uh, they the players tend to perform better at home. But you can't just completely write off guys because they happen to be on the road. No, you absolutely can't. And the easiest way to make sure you don't do that is when you see lopsided matchups. You know, like I think we touched on in an earlier podcast, but it, it makes sense to bring it up again. That Saints 49ers game from a year ago when the Saints were on the road. Obviously, we know that everybody 
understands the home road splits with the Saints. And so the general thought process is, oh, well, I want to play the Saints at home. But again, everybody else knows that too. So the other merit in looking at some of these games and getting some guys on the road is there's a chance that you can get a little bit lower ownership percentage. And when you look at a game like this and you see Drew Brees passing offense versus the 49ers defense, and you see that the talent disparity is so different, you want to find a way to get some saints on your team. And obviously we saw Mark Ingram, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas all blow up. They all won people GPPs. And yes, this is somewhat of a, you know, extreme example But it's just a good one to show that even though in general, uh, you know, you'll definitely understand this once we start breaking down week one, I somewhat lean towards players at home. There's always those unique examples and even just good plays on the road regardless that are going to make sense and are going to need to get in your lineup as well. So have a slight tendency towards home, especially home favorites, like Mike said, because of the, you know, just the history of them having a little bit more upside and a little bit more consistency. But that does not mean at all that players can't have those same results on the road. Now, I I know the listener out there, let's say you are you're still relatively new to DFS and you're in the right spot. I didn't talk about it at the beginning of the show. Shame on me. But the mission statement of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast is DFS for the rest of us. We are trying to make this as as easy as possible as an, it creates a larger sense of enjoyment. You can't be scared when you're going into the FanDuel when the, in the DraftKings lobbies. We are equipping you for that. And I know, but I know your head is spinning right now. You're like, guys, I, I'm supposed to play players at home. You're like, no, but I'm supposed to play players on the road. Trust me, I know your head is spinning, but stay tuned. Stay, hit that subscribe button right now on this podcast. Head over to the Ultimate DFS Pass and, and grab that subscription, and we will bolt. We will bolt that head on. And stop the spinning. Now, here on this next note, Ben, you're you're gonna have to jump in on on this for me because you're saying to never write off uh, anyone playing in your favorite game of the week. I, I need an education on this, my friend. Yeah. So this is just kind of something that, uh, again, that I've learned throughout the years, like loving some certain games, but you know not necessarily loving a few of the plays as much as some other guys and not playing them as much. When so it sounds like you're pigeonholing, you're, you're finding your favorite game and you're saying, but I'm only going to roster this player despite it being my favorite game. And I know that there's going to be points scored here. Well, it just, what it does is when you, when you decide which games that you really like for fantasy purposes, especially when both teams should have success, it just needs to boost up every single player in that game a little bit more. So again, we know that sometimes, you know, we touched on it a lot. We know sometimes Vegas is going to give us the indication with their over-unders and implied team totals, but we also know that a lot of people are looking at those. The other thing is sometimes this is just a gut feel. And so one of those for me is as soon as I looked at week one, and we're going to get into it soon, I didn't need to look at Vegas to tell me that the Cardinals at the Lions was a good fantasy game in my eyes and a game that I wanted some exposure to. Two offenses that I like, both dome teams playing in a dome. You don't have to worry about weather conditions. There's, you know, again, there's players on both sides that I like. So If the matchup is right on top of the fact that there should be a good amount of points scored in that game, that needs to bump up. 
David Johnson even a little bit more than you already can. That needs to bump up the theoretics of the world. That needs to bump up. It's not just the studs either. That makes a guy like J.J. Nelson an interesting GPP play. It bumps up Marvin Jones to see if maybe he can rekindle his beginning of 2016. So it's just one of those things where, to me, the the value of the fantasy game matters more than some would think. And it's not just looking at, oh, this is the best player in every game and I'm going to mix and match. Sometimes, especially when we talk about stacking, when the fantasy game looks like, okay, I really think, and again, we talk about it, you know, this could be a bonanza, both sides of the ball, you know, could, this could somewhat be a shootout. Those type of games, you want to lean on and start to get a little bit more exposure than you normally would, because you feel like as soon as that, that ball is kicked off, it's going to be a different feel than some of the other games. There's going to be a little bit more blitzkrieg nature to it. And I'll throw in here just a little sneaky preview don't fade the running game for Detroit just yet. I know that Arizona's defense is has been vaunted over the years, as, as Jason would say over on, on the fantasy footballers, uh, that Arizona has been known for their just strong overall defense. But I will say the Arizona passing defense is legit. The running defense remains to be seen. So once again, I'm not – not guaranteeing for Amir Abdullah just yet, but just don't write him off because you, you're uh, you're seeing Arizona's defense. Hey, I love it, man. That's a good nugget right there because Amir Abdullah is cheap and he's looked good in the preseason. He's been getting a lot of opportunity, so we're already throwing out Week One nuggets. <laughs> that's that's what we're here for, you know, studs and nuggets. That's, that's right, <laughs> studs and nuggets. I'm all it. about. It. I love I love going uh, to the front of the line saying I'd, I'll take a helping. A I'm, helping. I'm getting hungry. We got to move on. <laughs> All right. All right, then we'll just we'll move on to this this last point here. We know that the podcast is a little bit shorter this week, but we're still here. We are we're still here giving you all the goodness, all the studs and the nuggets. But the last thing here we have, there are there's more than one way to build a passing stack. We've talked if if you're not familiar what we're talking about with a stack, you can head back to episode one, DFS one oh one, where we we are talking uh, strategies towards the game. That was episode one or two. I actually can't recall, but a stack essentially pairing a quarterback and a wide receiver oh, and, and other ways about that. But most people think it's a stack. I can only go quarterback, wide receiver one. But Ben, you are, you are telling everyone there's more than one way to do this. Yeah, and and again, the main thought process is to you know pick which quarterback you really like, and then decide one or a couple of the pass catchers to make your stack with, and that's how I've generally done it. But last season, I really kind of started to like making passing stacks two different ways, doing it exactly what we just said. But also, you always you know you're usually going to have that inkling of this kind of contrarian wide receiver that you have a feeling is just going to have a good game. And it doesn't even have to be a contrarian wide receiver. You could just have a feeling that, you know, whether it's a stud or whether it's a, a mid-range guy that just has a really good matchup is, is going to have a good game. And you can make a stack that way too, by putting in the wide receiver first and then saying, oh, I wasn't really considering his quarterback to play. However, if I really like him, then I have to like the quarterback at least to some extent, because if I think the wide receiver is going to do good, I think the quarterback will as well. And I found that if in a given week I make stacks in both of those ways, it allows me to get 
a little bit more contrarian and differentiate the different types of plays that I have in different lineups, which is, you know, which obviously is just going to give you more exposure and more chances in case, you know, a different stack hits, you might have a better chance of having that stack because you created them both ways. Well, I love it. I hope everyone else has enjoyed this as well. These life lessons, these DFS lessons learned with the fantasy footballers DFS podcast. I am Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? You can find me on Twitter at FF hitman. You can follow the show at the FF ballers. And of course, follow Ben Cummins at Ben Cummins. F F F. We will be hitting you next week, next Friday. It is time. It is time. Sound the alarm, baby. Sound the alarm. It is time to get your lineups in, and we'll be bringing you all the week one stack information, the the plays, the fades, everything, and, of course, at ultimatedfspass.com. That's where you can get the subscription, get all the premium content, everything that Ben is thinking for that particular week, you're going to find it. Yes, articles dropping next week. One way or the other, a reminder that if you want to play some DFS over on PlayDraft, you head to PlayDraft.com slash ballers because that's just drafting. You already know how to do that, right? Just head over there, get your week one lineups in. Thank you so much for joining the show. We will see you next Friday. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.